Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. In today's podcast, I'm going to dive into technique a bit. There's a problem that I think almost all Aikidoka face or have faced when it comes to one particular attack, and that is the boxing jab. Most of you probably know what a boxing jab is, but let's be clear on exactly what we're talking about. A jab is an extremely fast punch using the forwardmost hand to punch your opponent, most often in the face. There is a slight body shift to add a bit of power, but the jab is not a power punch. It's designed to shock the opponent and give you a moment to land a much harder blow. The jab is meant to be a low-risk punch, which means there's no deep lunging step with it that would leave you vulnerable. A jab is thrown fast and from just outside range, so the body shift gets you just into range for the punch to land. The instant you are at extension, you step back out of range. Jabs are often used as probing attacks by boxers to threaten their opponents and get them to move. They are setup punches. Ambushes on the street rarely start with jabs, but street fights which are over matters of pride and perceived honor sometimes have jabs. If someone tries to pick a fight with you, they very well may dance around just outside of your range taunting you. When you don't come to meet them, they very well might close in a little and start throwing jabs at you. This may be them testing you out to see if you are going to respond at all, and if you don't, they might very well increase the violence against you. A jab will not likely knock you out, but you could get hit hard enough to impair your ability to defend yourself from the next punch or punches. One of those might end the fight, and it might be lights out for you. The jab has to be dealt with. Remember, it is an attack. The good news about the jab is that it is pretty easy to evade. The best plan is to use your feet and body movement to slip out of the path of the jab. You can also increase range just a bit, and jabs will easily fall short. Backing up consistently is bad news, though, as your opponent will probably press you ever backwards until you run out of room or trip over something. But avoiding a single jab by shifting back a bit is a viable option. Merely avoiding being hit by a jab through dodging is one thing. Ending the exchange with your attacker is another matter entirely. You may be in a situation where merely avoiding being struck might solve the matter. I'd say such a situation is highly unlikely, but it could happen. I came across a set of videos a few years back where a guy, a boxing enthusiast who appeared to be fairly well trained, would go up to guys he met on the street and offer them 10 bucks if they could hit him in the head. He filmed their attempts to do it and posted those videos online. He used boxing, bobbing, and weaving to avoid getting hit in the head, and he was pretty good. Usually, attackers would start with fast jabs. Fast attacks had the best chance of coming through before he could respond, and the nature of the exchange was that they just needed to land the punch. They didn't need to knock him out. Evasive head movement is great, and the guy was really good at shifting his head, so landing a headshot was impossible. His videos never showed a successful punch landing. Maybe someone did and he didn't include that footage, I don't know. The thing about head movement, and don't get me wrong, I really like good head movement, is that the feet need to move too. The guy did move his feet some, but he was mostly bobbing and weaving his head around, using leaning and bending over. This works well in a boxing situation, but leaves you vulnerable to body locks, leg takedowns, and even blows below the belt. All of these are not part of boxing, so they're not a concern to a boxer. In a real fight, these are pretty common, so they have to be taken into account. So how does Aikido deal with the lightning-fast jab attack? The techniques which make up the vast majority of Aikido's curriculum are joint locks and throws. Joint locks require getting a hold of a limb. 
The jab is so fast that getting a hold of Uke's arm is highly unlikely. It might be possible if the attacker makes a huge mistake, but most instructors will say that grabbing punches out of the air is not possible. And they are right about that. But what about throws? All throws require that you are connected to Uke somehow. And almost all require you to have your body close enough to Uke to get the correct leverage to execute a throw. The speed of the jab makes connection difficult or impossible, and someone playing around with you at the edge of range with even moderately quick footwork will make closing in on him extremely difficult. This is the paradox I found using the Aikido techniques I was taught, to deal adequately with jab attacks. I explored with greater curiosity what other Aikido practitioners had done to solve this problem. Surely I wasn't the first person to notice there didn't seem to be a good answer to this dilemma. After years of searching around, I found few satisfactory answers from the Aikido community. It wasn't for lack of asking. The answers I did find were pretty disappointing. What were those answers? Here are a few that I recall hearing. 1. Jabs are only attacks you will encounter in boxing, and Aikido isn't about competing. 2. Jabs aren't committed attacks, so you don't have to worry about them. Aikido only deals with committed attacks. 3. You can just move away and evade jabs. You only have to deal with potent attacks. These are verbal answers I got when I asked what senior Aikido practitioners did to deal with jab attacks. I found each of these answers insufficient, and that's the most diplomatic word I can use for it. A jab is not only a sport technique. There are many videos of street fights where jabs are used. Jabs can be quite damaging and can set up a serious barrage which can overwhelm the stunned opponent. Moving away works in the short term, but will not likely resolve the conflict. It is helpful to study not only what people say, but what they do. I've seen quite a few instructors teach defenses from jab attacks and was keen to see how they addressed the problem. Every time they did so, there were obvious issues with how they were approached. When they would demonstrate, the attack needed to be seriously altered to make the technique work properly. The modifications they often used were 1. Uke had to lunge in quite deeply. 2. Uke had to attack slower than a real jab would strike. 3. Uke had to leave their arm hanging out in space to make connecting with it possible. And 4. Uke had to stop their footwork after the forward shift and not step back as someone who was really jabbing would. Basically, Uke had to be some combination of lazy or incompetent. If that happens, many techniques Aikido is known for can counter a jab. The problem comes when Uke isn't using one of the alterations or bad habits. If even an untrained person moves quickly and doesn't want to let a technique work on him, every Aikido technique becomes almost impossible to succeed with against the jab. This is a major problem, as jabs are extremely common attacks. Aikido needs an answer other than making the jab attack so awful that the responses we have to it will work. This is a gaping hole which needs to be filled. In order to fill it to my satisfaction, I had to look outside of Aikido. I wanted to do more than just tack on a technique from somewhere else. I wanted to understand the underlying nature of the problem. That problem being that you have an extremely fast attack thrown by someone outside of range who's only in range for a moment and then is gone. I don't want to chase him down to get into Aikido range. That didn't seem like an option. Just evading wasn't a sufficient option either. I also didn't want to get drawn into his game which is trying to jab him back. This is for a number of reasons, first of which it is poor strategy to play someone else's game. They are probably better at it than you are. 
I'm also not fond of hitting people in the head with my fists because skulls are hard. Fine if your hands are taped if you're wearing padded gloves, but I will likely be barehanded if I'm dealing with an attacker. One thought was that I just needed to increase my hand speed to deal with the speed of the jab. A lot of arts really focus on speed, but one thing I found over years of competition is that speed is great, but it's unreliable. Now I have very fast hands, but I'm also getting older, so my speed will diminish in time. These reasons make pursuing more hand speed alone not feasible. I wanted a smarter answer than that. The underlying problem is not only associated with speed, but range. It requires a big movement to cover that much ground. Responding to a short, fast motion with a comparatively big, slow one was not feasible. Trying to chase down someone who is elusive only turns you into Uke. If he knows how to take advantage of deep steps, then you are presenting him with opportunities to successfully attack you. Chasing him may be playing right into his hands, which would not be good. There were two basic approaches I found that I was fairly happy with. The first approach came from Pygmatia, which is ancient Greek boxing, and stayed with fist fighting all through pugilism and early boxing into the 19th century. That is, striking at the jabbing arm. This became illegal in boxing at some point, and I don't know exactly when, somewhere around the time gloves were introduced into the sport of boxing. The premise is that you use your forearms to smash the incoming arm. You hit it hard. It will likely not break it, but it's very painful. It's also very easy to apply. That is another criteria I had. The response had to be simple, effective, and reliable. Low risk and high reward. I didn't give up any balance to do it. The only thing that I didn't like about it was that this approach is responsive. It therefore has a certain amount of risk. However, after testing it at full speed, I was quite happy that it is simple, reliable, and effective. It's a solid option and I definitely trust it. I was also taught that pugilists and bare-knuckle boxers would use an upward blow to the underside of the attacker's jabbing arm. I found this less reliable and useful for a number of reasons. First, your timing needs to be really good for your blow to land. Second, your accuracy needs to be excellent with that upward shot. You're hitting a pretty small target. It's a good option if you're in good practice with it, but the forearm blow is much less fussy. It also hits a lot harder. The upward blow with the knuckles is a bit painful, but doesn't have anywhere near the power of the forearm blow. I don't think it would be much more than a minor irritant, even if you got it to land solidly. The second approach I found I really liked came from Savat, which is to use the legs to do essentially a jab of your own, to Uke's shin. Savat has fantastic low kicks, which are extremely fast and don't require big movements. They don't require compromising your balance much either. The big advantage with savat kicks is that they are almost as fast as the punching jab and have a longer range. Legs are longer than arms. If someone gets close enough to launch a jab at me, I can easily send a foot into their shin or knee. These are highly unlikely to cause serious injury, but they hurt quite a lot. They are extremely discouraging. These simple kicks pose my attacker with the exact same dilemma he faced me with. That is, he's getting hit at an extreme range. He either has to close in on me, which is a perfect setup to my throws, or he has to back off, which I probably am even more happy with. Stay away from me, and things will be fine. If you come close to me, you might experience pain, which I've just demonstrated by kicking you in the shin. These are only two options for dealing with the jab, and ones which work pretty well. I spent many years studying the nature of bullies and bullying, and even wrote a book about it. 
What I found in hundreds of interviews is that bullies will almost always leave you alone once they realize there is pain to be had if they start messing with you. Even animals do this when responding to aggression. Most often, when an attacker realizes he won't have an easy time victimizing you, he will choose to leave you alone and move on. While it is likely to get an attacker to back off, you have to be ready if he doesn't. But this approach makes him decide to commit or not. If he does decide to continue, then you will likely get the committed attack that Aikido is well suited for. You make him come to you. This is a far better option than having to go to him. One thing that I would suggest you practice, and you will feel foolish doing this, but it really is beneficial for self-defense applications. In particular, when you are in situations where the law might get involved. That is, get used to saying very loudly things like, stay away from me, leave me alone, or I don't want to fight. Make sure if there is anyone around to hear what is going on, they hear you loudly declare that you don't want to be involved in this. Imagine a blind person with poor hearing nearby who is called in as a witness. They should be able to testify that you were heard saying these things. If someone gets a video on their cell phone, who knows which way it might be facing, but it will likely catch audio. Make it crystal clear to anyone that you want to be left alone and don't want to fight. If you stay silent, a good prosecutor could twist the circumstances and evidence around on you and perhaps convince a jury or judge that you were the aggressor. You may need to protect yourself from more than a street assailant. Just something to think about. Getting back to the technical issue, I find that there are two key fundamentals of hoplology at play dealing with the jab. Hoplology is the study of human combative behavior and performance. First, big movements are not effective answers to small movements. Trying to do so will only mean that you will likely get outmaneuvered. Second, any technique is the right technique when it works. All techniques work when they are applied properly in the correct circumstance. Virtually all arguments about technique come down to the failure to understand this simple principle. The trick is to have the training and experience to spot the opportunity and execute your technique properly. I encourage you to test out your jab defenses by having your uke remove the bad habits and try to evade your technique. See how it goes and make sure you are happy with the results. If not, give some serious thought to how you would solve the problem of the jab. What do you think? How do you deal with the jab? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.